Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Craze Cast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you close to the action. My name is Roxy, and today I'm joined by my fellow host, Jay, and a member of our marketing team, Lauren. Hello. Hi. <laughs> To keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Craze Magazine and YouTube The Craze. Before we begin, we'd like to give a big shout out to our patrons that help make this episode possible. Big thanks to Danielle, Stuart, Mian, and Brienne for their support. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash craze magazine to check out all the great perks that we have for our members. And again, like Roxy mentioned, we do have another member here on this episode. So introduce yourself, Lauren, and it's great to have you here. Hi. So I'm Lauren. I'm one of the events coordinator for The Craze, and I've been with them since 2019. Um, my two alt groups, if we want to get straight into that, is um, BTS and GOT7. So I'm really excited to be a part of this episode. <laughs> Speaking of GOT7... Yes, today is our uh, special episode focused uh, all on GOT7. We just uh, recently released our mini zine for them and actually just ran out of the first print, so <laughs> we have to order more. Um, but we're basically just going to sort of get into our own you know, history of GOT7 and what we think they mean to the K-pop industry, you know, all of that fun stuff, because we all, I think, have a special place in our heart for GOT7 specifically. So my first question I want to ask you guys is, how did you get into GOT7? Oh my god, can I answer this one? Because I really have it laid out. Yeah, (laughs) go for it. The fact that I remember it so vividly, I just feel like it holds a lot. But yeah, so GOT7 was actually the first K-pop group I've like ever gotten into. And the thing is like, before I really fell down that rabbit hole, I actually heard like GOT7's name being mentioned like so many times. So like I had an idea of like what they were, but I didn't really find out who they were until I watched Dream Night, their K-drama that they did when they like first debuted. And this was also the time when I was like getting into K-dramas and I was like, okay, you know, it's starring them. So let's see what's up. I mean, it's safe to say that it was like the cringiest thing I've ever seen. And so I didn't know if I was actually going to finish it. But then their like ending song was uh, Magnetic or like girl magnetic and I really vibed with that song and so I went and I found the dance practice for it and I was like hold on this is kind of good and then you know that's when the rabbit hole like showed up and I just fell down their dance practices so the fact that Lauren mentioned dream night I was just like oh my god I almost (laughs) forgot about it (laughs) do you think how much do you think JB would hate an interviewer if they brought up dream night right now Oh, like so much. <laughs> I feel like I, that's a period where they're like, let me just block this off from my memory. See, like part of me, if I ever interviewed him, would want to bother him with those things <laughs> just to like see his reaction because I know he would hate it. But can you imagine just like if you're like, so uh, do you remember Bounce? Oh my God, loved Bounce. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but both of them hate it. JJ Project hate that song so much. But you can't get away from it. Sorry, that's what you debuted with. I do promise, JB, that if I ever do end up interviewing you, I won't bring it up. I just, part of my devil brain wants to do that. 
I'd be chuckling <laughs> in the background, just be like, huh, you did that. I really like, but I liked Bounce, okay? Bounce, Um, I, for me, I actually knew about GOT7 after JJ Project because I was introduced to JJ Project first and then, you know, they went quiet for a bit and then they're like, where did these members go? And then lo and behold, here comes the GOT7 teasers and I'm just like, yeah, I'm here for it because I really like JB and Jin Young. So I was just like, okay. That's how I was introduced to them. And then girls, girls, girls came out. And I'm like, Mark, (laughs) bias, Mark, here for it. You know, I'm like having war flashbacks dream night now because it's one of those things that you like compartmentalize in your mind. And why did it make me cry? JB was like the lead guy, right? Yeah, he was. (laughs) So it was like so cringy. Why did I get emotionally invested in it? Like, I forgot the whole entire plot. I'm sorry, Lauren. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, no, go. Yeah, no, you're good. No, it's just like, so I was going to ask you, it was like, Lauren, you remember this. I, to be honest, I forgot what the drama was. I watched it. I just forgot it. So I was going to be like, what happened in this story again? I was about to ask you that, Lauren. You know what? And I didn't mention this, but I watched this in like 2017. Like that's when I got into them. So it was like the fact that like that cringiness, like, and I still got like into them. But yeah, so I think the plot was like, it was like basically the evil angels, Jin Young, Yugyeom, and Bam Bam versus like the good angels, um, JB, Jin Young, Jackson, and Mark, like watching over this one girl. And basically it's like deciding if they want to like stay her angels or like become like in real life, you know, but then they like can leave her type of thing. And then basically like, yeah, the main angel, JB, he like, um, you know, loves her. And so they have like a thing. But I think that's like the main like conflict. I cried because he disappeared. That's why I cried. <laughs> At the end, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. My God, he did disappear. <laughs> I don't remember this. I'm just like, oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I guess it's just like, you know, at for its time, for its time, it's like you can tell it was geared towards a younger audience. So that's true. Cause like even like when I watched it, I think I watched it in 2015, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's, so, it's like a it's straight out of a Wattpad like fan fiction universe. I don't know if you guys remember the scene where like <clears throat> Jimin from their company, like at the time, was just fighting them in the streets. I remember that. That I remember. God, that was my favorite part. <laughs> I think Dream Night is fun if you like need a break from like the serious, intense dramas and just want to watch something stupid. Like it's stupid, but it's fun <laughs> at the same time. It's and I feel I feel like there's like a distinct part of self-awareness that they have when they're doing the drama. I may be remembering that incorrectly because it's been like six years, but part of the thing that was fun about it is that they were self-aware about how bad the drama was. So what about you, Roxy? When did you get into GOT7? GOT7 is kind of a special one for me because I know I mentioned before, at least on the BTS episode, my sort of gateway into K-pop was through EXO. And I had a lot of complicated feelings about EXO because like my friends at the time were being really bad to me and were EXO fans. So for a period of time, I sort of meshed the two together and was like EXO bad because these people bad. Um, But GOT7 was the first group that like I started, I saw some of their content and I was like, hold on, I'm really interested in this group. Um, And actually one of my other friends who later became 
my best friend, both of us were like vibing really hard with GOT7. So when I did eventually split up with that friend group, I still had her and I still had GOT7. So GOT7 kind of got me through that period. And that was around the time that they released Just Right also. So I don't know. They just have always had a special place in my heart for doing that. And then I feel like they're one of the groups that I I saw them in concert all the time. I went to Canada They came here to DC, like, I don't know, they were just always around. And I feel like they were one of these third generation groups, I guess they count as third gen, right? That sort of opened up the fan engagement sort of, sort of thing, because they weren't really limited in their personalities like some other big companies do. And I think that reason is because you cannot tell Jackson what he can and can't do. So he's going to go off script. Like you got to kind of run with it. Um, But they just had a a certain charm, not unlike BTS, that was like very infectious. And I never understood why they got so much hate all the time. Do y'all remember early on when they like everybody hated them for no reason? You know what? Yeah, like I remember like for a period of time, like no one liked GOT7. And it's just like, why? They're a really good group. They're not doing anything wrong. It was weird because it's just like, I don't understand the hate that they got they're such a good group so it's just like why people were saying they weren't as talented i remember that specifically and it's really not their fault that they were given such cringy concepts to begin with like i know stop stop it it's a jam but like the fashion that they put them in that music video i don't know who decided that but again how much of that is really their fault like they're just following what their company wants go ahead lauren no yeah i mean i agree like i I really didn't get either. I like to think that I kind of started late as a fan, considering it was like early 2017 that I got in. But yeah, I saw like a lot. And I'm on Stan Twitter as well from like a very old account. But yeah, I didn't get it either because I think they are talented in their own ways. But obviously, you know, sometimes they're not given that platform to show like all they can be. And then also considering the type of songs that they do, it's very much, you know, pleasing to the ear. I think to like most audiences. And so I just like to think about when I show my friends their songs, at least like, you know, I show them like Moon You and all that stuff and like that kind of vibe. And they're like into it, even without being a K-pop fan. So I really don't get, you know, I don't get it either. I have a really fun GOT7 centered story, actually. You know, I got into them around Just Right. So If You Do was the next title that came out. So when they started releasing teasers, I was like, oh, Lord, it's happening. Like that comeback was something. But I was in college at the time. And um, I remember the day that it dropped since it must have been it was in September. So it dropped at 10 a.m. and it was in between two of my classes. So I had just gotten out of one media class and then I had like my media law class afterwards. And in that 10 minutes in between, I was like sitting at my computer watching this music video, trying not to scream in public. And like, it got to me so hard. I was talking to my friend. I was like, I gotta go home. I can't do this. So I left my fucking media law class because I was freaking out over a GOT7 video. Don't follow my example. I think uh, so like, because we release the mini issue, there are some you know topics i think we should talk about for sure i wrote on the mad era for the mini issue and i think you both can agree like as soon as they released if you do you knew that there was a shift in got seven something had changed in between just right to here where it became a little bit 
more unhinged for the group. And it's just like now they're creeping into step or not creeping in. They're stepping into this level of maturity. And there's just this, it clicked right away. And that's how you knew like, oh, like they were always a contender to begin with. But as soon as if you do came out, it's like, this is different. There's something different about this comeback that is going to really put this group on the spot. Don't you think? I, uh, I mean, I do agree to a certain extent, but I also think just right because that has like solidified itself as like a quintessential K-pop song helped in that sense because when Just Right came out, it came out after Stop Stop It, which was like a very hit or miss thing for most people. And Just Right was so like upbeat and happy. I think where if you do really like solidified it was how much of an antithesis it was from Just Right and how well they like embodied the concept itself. So it showed that they could do like the basic cutesy upbeat sort of thing, but also shift to this more like intense, I don't know if mature is the right word, but like super intense. And um, I mean, they all had to act in that music video. So I don't know. I think it did just, it really got people, those two together, got them to understand that like, maybe we should stop shit talking this group. <laughs> like, I think it really showed like, yeah, kind of going off your point, how maybe diverse they could be in their music. Cause I think that's like a real like main point of God seven is that they're not uh, tied down to one genre so I think going, yeah, from Just Right to If You Do was really just showing the range that um, God 7 could, you know, do and show to the world. So I think the next question I would ask is, what is your favorite release from God 7 all time? Like if you had to like name a specific era not uh, or album, because I, I feel like picking a favorite song would be hard in general. But if you had to pick a specific album, what would be your favorite GOT7 release? See, this is hard because there's so many good ones. Yep, I have to agree. It's so hard. So give me a second. I'm literally going through my GOT7 playlist to make sure I pick the one I want. I think that I would say the Mad Era was my favorite one. I don't know. Maybe it's because it was like my first full experience in it. Um, but fuck, I also really love Turbulence. Like it's really hard to, <laughs> to pinpoint it. And I also thought that Die was, I thought um, Not By The Moon was like astoundingly spectacular. See, like I know I can probably pick out, like if you, if you made me, if you had to make me choose like, all-time favorite song it would be just right but in terms of style and concept i i oh gosh because i i'm a little bit biased because i technically wrote the article on it too as i think their last album is probably one of their best and i'd probably have to say it's my favorite album what you mean the one before they disbanded yeah the very last one or not disbanded, but half disbanded. You know what I mean? Right. Before they left JYP. It was their last album with JYP. Breath of Love. Um, yeah. Breath of Love, I think, throughout it. I feel like Breath of Love showed, like, they can still do fun things. And it still has that, you know, mature level of... I think it's just been a buildup of all the years. And it put it into this last album that they've released that it's like this is who GOT7 is. And I feel like that's why it probably, as of right now, as it stands, it's probably my number one for me. Honestly, yeah. I think with their last album, I think you just show how like comfortable they are with their music. Like, I just think, you know, they did it. They were like proud of it. And then it was like a nice kind of going out 
album because it just really shows like I think them in the end but also I it's also hard for me to say too because as I'm like going through my whole playlist I just have like a favorite song for each album since there's so many that like I can't choose but if I really had to choose in terms of like albums I would say yeah Turbulence I think I'm a little bit biased because that's that was the first album I really listened of theirs and all their songs was just so good like hey and then my home god and then I think also what comes like really close is um spinning top because I think even though it wasn't um like I think it wasn't a normal album I think it was just an EP type of thing but all the songs are so good on spinning top like those ones I actually have on repeat a lot especially believe I'm not gonna say the Korean word because I'm I feel like I'm just gonna butcher it so let's see if we cut this out Mido Jule <laughs> but yeah I just think spinning top that's one of their top for sure. Roxy? I already said what my favorite. Oh, shoot. God, <laughs> my goodness. I'm so sorry. Yeah. God, but they've released such good music. And I feel like, like, till this day, it's just like, they still like, they're popular. Yes, they're huge. They are. But I still feel like they deserve more. I just, I wanted more for them. And unfortunately, but you know what, with them no longer at JYP, you know, look forward to what they're going to put out next for sure. Because it's just like, they are technically not tied down to anything in terms of this. So it's just like, I can't wait to see the music that they really want to put out together as a group. Did you see the the interview that Jay Park did with JB for Hire Music? I saw bits and pieces of it. Did you learn? I saw bits and pieces too. I just like, I got so emotional (laughs) about Jay saying like, you know, I want you to do what you want and, you know, do the work you want to do with GOT7. And I was like, I really wonder, you know, how much Jay Park truly understands what JB went through because of his issue with JYP. You know, do they have like a, do they have a connection about it? Like, does he know more than we do about the way they were being treated? I don't know, but I just, it makes me very emotional. I think Jay Park is such a good CEO. Like he does, I mean, he obviously has a reputation for being a whore, but I don't really care because I think he's like, he's a really good businessman. And I think that he would, he treats his artists very well. So I'm really happy that Yu-Gi-Oh! is with AMG and that JB is with Hire. And I don't know, I'm just really curious about how the seven of them are going to do things, especially because Mark is here now. Well, uh, one thing is we should definitely be on the lookout because Bam Bam's about to be making some moves soon, releasing some new things. But um, I believe in a, a, a previous stream from mark oh when he was streaming he said he's gonna be back in korea in november ish so new music maybe oh so was he is he just like taking like a vacation essentially at home so right now mark i believe is in china right now why is he in china wait hold on (laughs) well he is big there too so um he probably has some schedules out there i would like to see him meet up with jackson um but he yeah he's he's actually not in la because he's i think he posted that he's uh on a flight or a couple of days ago he was on a flight so i'm assuming he's gone to china because i know he's doing some things out there too and he's very popular out there so more solo work i love how all of the members are flourishing in their own respective paths right now yes i 
totally agree. Especially like what you said earlier about um, God Seven deserve better. That is a hill I will like die on. And and my friend, my best friend, she like knows that. Um, but yeah, I feel like Yugem with an AOMG. Like when I saw that, I just like automatically thought that feels right. Was that just me, or is it like? No, you're definitely not alone. I think that it was a very good move for Yugum to do that because I feel like there was so much more that he had hidden around while he was still under JYP. And obviously, like, you know, we have our own feelings about how everything went down and we're never going to know the full story of what had happened, what goes on behind closed doors, we can only assume but yeah, it's just like, it was a good move for Yugum to do that because now we get to really see him do his thing. That reminds me, because I do kind of want to go back to it. There have been multiple times where GOT7 fans have set up, I don't want to say campaigns, but like movements uh, about GOT7's treatment at JYP compared to their other artists. And I was just curious what you guys thought about that, because... I do remember every now and then there would be Justice for GOT7. And uh, I think it really shaped the way some people think about JYP Entertainment. Lauren, do you want to go first? Can you go first? I need to think <laughs> about fine. this a little bit. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, as a longtime fan, I definitely, like, and we're all longtime fans, but, like, from seeing them debut to, like, you know, up until the very end with what had happened, you I definitely saw the differences that happen. And I I think it I think in the industry, like the older that you get, of course, there's going to be newer groups coming out. So a lot of focus and shift will, you know, go to the like the younger groups. I think it's just an industry standard that it happens. But it was still like we got basically one comeback a year we'd be lucky if we even got two and i mean granted sure a lot of it is once they make a comeback world tour happened but then we all know what happened last year and they were supposed to go to a go on tour but you know things just didn't work out and with them touring around for half a year of course you know they weren't able to really maximize on coming back as often but with now that they were at home just like where are all of these where are they like kind of felt like they were just left in the dust and I I remember I could be wrong but I remember there was an interview a long time ago where JV was like I wrote like 10 15 songs and all of them got rejected and it's just like the man makes really good music like but if it's not up to the standard, it's, you know, of course, it's just going to get shelved. And so, like, you can kind of see, like, even towards the very end, there was, like, this vibe to GOT7 that you're just, like, something feels off. You know, it's not that there was no, um, and we're just assuming here, but it's not like they weren't mad at each other or anything, like the members themselves, but, like, there was this apprehension in the air when they were doing certain stuff. And it's just like, that? really suck to see and it suck like I like other JYP artists don't get me wrong I there's nothing wrong with them but like just to see GOT7 like getting shelved themselves and they're like oh you're probably just gonna have one comeback this year your promotions are gonna be this long and then kind of do whatever you want kind of situation and and I feel like that is also happening to another JYP group <clears throat> day six <clears throat> um I was about to say spill tea 
Mm. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, that we can't really like we towards the end, we didn't really get to see them, you know, really maximize on who they were in their craft. And I think that's why I hold the last album so dear to me, because if that like if this was going to be the last album and we were unsure, like, let's say like we were unsure if they're going to stay together as a group. If this was the last album, they you know, they made sure like this is going to be the album that we came out with and we're proud of it. Really, really proud of it. Not to say that they're not proud of their other albums, but you get what I mean. And I'm just glad that they're always like, no, God, seven is forever. We are sticking together, but it just really sucked towards the end just to see them not get the same type of hype and interactions that, you know, that they deserve. And that other groups, you know, had the opportunity. And again, it's not the other group's fault. It's just industry company things that happen. Please don't hate me. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. What you said, like, gave me clarity of it on what I want to say. Because I feel the same. I feel like there was, like, GOT7 were going up so well. I feel like, especially with Turbulence and then um, Arrival. And then I feel like, kind of after that they started plateauing and I've talked about this with my friend I just felt like I don't I, I don't obviously I don't think it's them I think it was definitely you know maybe some industry decisions company decisions but yeah I felt like their potential wasn't being maximized I think they really could have been something so big and you know different but they weren't given that opportunity or even like the chance to see how that would play out you know? So yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think you said it really eloquently too. <laughs> Thanks. What about you, Roxy? I always like, I always wonder about JYP because I feel like he's very picky about his groups and rides, rides it when they're high, but then like destroys their career, if that makes sense. So when I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking like Miss A, <laughs> like they do really well and then they just get shelved basically and the fact that jb has said that he's had a ton of songs he's written just be like completely denied he is a really good songwriter so i don't understand where the people in charge are coming from but i don't know i do think as far see i have a hard time like putting my thoughts together about this too but i think there was some issue of treatment so when they're uh, contract was coming up like I no part of me was surprised that they were all leaving and I struggled to understand why because you know they always did so well on the charts when they came back and you know they had all of these world tours that as far as I know I don't know if they fully sold out but they sold they made a lot of money on their tours and it was clear that this group was quite popular um I just I just don't I don't get it I don't get why they were considered like it's almost like they were treated like the stepchild you know what I mean like they were just like okay you can have this but uh, the rest you know my biological children get everything else like I don't know it was weird and then when Stray Kids came out I feel like they got the spotlight and that maybe they were in different divisions of JYP so it would make sense that Stray Kids had a better division for marketing in general, but I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't get the inner workings of the JYP entertainment system, um, but I just know I don't like JYP, my, you know, himself. I don't like him. 
So if he has, especially if he has issues with Andy got seven members, I'll fight him. I don't care. Yeah. It's, it. I mean, again, just want to emphasize that it's, we don't hate any of the groups. No, 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 no. It's just the treatment and just how it came about is like, I think you mentioned the, the divisions that, that they were in. I think the division that got seven was placed in, it really just wasn't as, you know, emphasize which is sad you know it's really really sad to just see that and you know I think if they weren't you know put into these different divisions I think we probably would have gotten a lot more from the group so I it just sucks to even hear like how that the workings of that is in that sense for this company just to see like oh we're gonna put them in different divisions and well good luck but if you if you separate your groups like that it just creates even a bigger divide so of like yeah it's hard anyways <laughs> moving on to some lighter topics um i was just trying to think i've already talked about my my god seven story i do not want to repeat this <laughs> again uh because it's embarrassing and i've told this story on this podcast so many times so i won't bring it up but um what has been your most memorable like getting to see if you have lauren please confirm if you have seen them live <laughs> um what has been your favorite like moment getting to see them live oh my god okay so <clears throat> well do we want to do seeing them live or like meeting them we can do both we've okay. all met them i think so yeah, I mean, seeing them live, I think it's always a good time. I I love going to concerts. And so I think GOT7, GOT7 concerts are kind of diff- on a different level because you really get into the crowd together. And, you know, I guess a special trademark of GOT7 shows is that like at the end, you just like run up close to the stage and like hope for the best <laughs> and hope you can like, you know, just get like that really close like barricade view because I've had friends, my friends, yeah, my friends tell me like, yeah, at the end, we just like, we're on the floor seats and then we're just going to book it to the stage <laughs> for like the encore. Yeah. But yeah, I think seeing them live is like super great. I've only seen them twice with the, the first time was the Eyes on You tour in 2018 at the Forum. And then the second time was in Seoul at for um, Spinning Top. And I really enjoyed Spinning Top, but also Korean concerts, how they like go like how they work is a bit weird like you can't film so I guess that's like an L but I get hyped at those concerts I'm living my life and the thing is I'm like the only as I say really out of my friends and so I I go by myself but I'm just like I'm chilling I'm having a great time you know and then meeting them god Jay I know you were talking about your embarrassing moment but I had an embarrassing moment too Ooh, spill. my spill. god I <laughs> So Ailey got to meet um, Yugim and JB at their Just Two fan sign. It was 2019. So I was in Korea um, studying there and Just Two debuted subunit. And then it was the first fan sign they were going to do. I was waiting for that notification because I knew I was going to try it. So I went to the place, about the albums. I only bought five albums and I got in. So that was crazy. That was already crazy. And then... On my way there, I'm nervous. I picked the number and I'm number 17. So I'm like in the second row. So I have a really good view of them too, in general. And so I don't want to say like 
JB is like really intimidating. We can all agree on that, right? Like his vibe, his the aura he kind of just has is a bit intimidating, even though he's like not like personality wise, I feel like. But the order, it was first you would meet um, Hugum and then it was JB. So I met Hugum first. He was sweet. Sweetest like thing ever. He asked me like, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from LA. And then he was so dumb. He was like, LA, yeah, with like the hanging loose sign or whatever. But, and he was holding my hand. So that was nice. Then when I went to JB, so he kind of had a cue for him before he signed up because he came out late. And maybe because they already had also like a long day of um, being on shows and doing stuff. So I can imagine like he was super tired because this fan, like it happened like kind of late. So um, I think maybe that was part of it. But yeah, so he's super intimidating. And I was just like thinking about what I was going to say to him. And so I like go up to him and I'm like, hi, like, how are you? Like simple stuff. Um, and I just tell him like, I love the album. It, he's like, what's your, like, what do you like about it? I was like, it's my favorite. It's like my type of music. And then he's like, what's your favorite song? And I was like, it's Touch. And then he was like, what's your favorite part? And the thing, and my brain completely shuts down because he went off script in my head. I was like, what is my favorite part of Touch? And the thing is, in my head, I knew what it was. It's like near the end. It's like the bridge kind of ish part. And tell me why. <laughs> you guys know how like if you're trying to figure out where a letter comes like in the alphabet. So you're in your head, you're like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So that's what I did with the song. I started trying to sing it, but like talk it to him back. Like what his quote unquote high note was. And it was just so awkward. He was like, oh, like, and I was like, I just wanted to die. I was like, that was kind of it. Then I went back to my seat and I have the video and you can just kind of see how like awkward I was and just like, I couldn't function after that. So that's my embarrassing moment. It was really, it was so bad. That's cute. I think your, your brain just short circuited. You're like, huh? You're here. You're in front of me. No, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, you know, when you guys like have a crush and like you just start acting like you're cool in front of everyone else, but then it's your crush and it's just like awkward and you don't know what to say. That's literally what happened. That's so cute. I mean, I uh, spend my life trying not to do that. I like (laughs) (laughs) keeping my composure is so important to me. Yeah, I'll I'll tell my story offline (laughs) because I've again, I've mentioned my my story on this podcast way too many times that I'm like, I'm not going to do it. But um. Roxy, what was your favorite mo- or like what's been your favorite thing about seeing them live or even meeting them? So I think that I've gotten uh, I did high touch with them twice. Um, and I, you know, I don't have any like crazy stories about it. I just kind of did it and it was exciting. Um, but I really enjoyed I think I was in Toronto and it must have been the Eyes on You tour um, because my friend lived in Toronto. So I would go visit her and we would go to Got7 concerts essentially. But we had pit tickets and this was before the pit was like super fucking crazy. So you could stay like back back a little bit and still be really close, but not be like smushed on top of people. Um, And it was just like a really fun concert to be so close. I have a video of Mark like coming over to our section and singing toward us at the end. And just the energy that they bring to a concert, I think is really fun. I've always enjoyed going to see them. So I would see them any opportunity I got really. Um, And they just have a certain like personality about them. That's so fun. Like Bam Bam, every time he's in Toronto, he talks about mooses. Um, he like started doing that in 2016 and he did it ever since. Like every time I've seen him there, he asks about the moose. Like, it's just weird, weird little quirks that they have. And, um, I think 
as far as like high touch goes, like uh, they're just like a carefree, fun loving group. You know, I don't get, I get good vibes with them and it is nerve wracking to like meet them and stuff or to be, you know, in their presence, but I've never found it like to be uncomfortable, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's, it's just cause they have like a very special place in my heart for being present there when I was having issues with other people that I associate with another group. And they were, I think they were the first K-pop group that I saw. No, that's a lie. They were the second K-pop group that I saw live. And I don't know, they just have this way of being that is so fun. And I'm just, I'm going off the rails because I have feelings. I don't really know how to end that. <laughs> No, I, I definitely like. Oh, I'm I'm low key jealous of Lord that you got to experience Got Seven concerts in Korea. But like you, you know, obviously you're coming from LA, Lauren. You like I've gone to the LA shows, and there's something about like also also when Mark's home, you know, the added the atmosphere of when a member's home is just like oh, it's on, and um, like being at a Got Seven concert, it. I think like echoing everybody here, it's just so fun to be at. And the energy in that room, you're just vibing so well. And you get to see these boys have fun with each other on stage that, you know, yes, we see them on music shows and like all the other variety shows, but like, this is where they really, you can really tell like they love being in the audience. They love performing. And uh, the last tour <laughs> before, oh God, what was their last tour? Um, spinning Top? Was yeah, it? I think it was top. Spinning Top, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. Keep, uh, what, I forgot the name of the tour. Um, that tour, that If You Do stage, I need that in official audio, please. Because when they broke it down that time, I'm like, whoa, this is a different version. I want this one. But just to see the joy. And then I remember distinctly from the last tour that like it like I wish I was in pit but doing pit is hard at times because yes you don't want to get smushed or anything but I remember on my side because I was sitting on the stands um seeing Jin Young come down and walk in pit and I'm just like I wish I was there <laughs> you know it's one of those moments but like you get to see them really interact and like, you know, not to say that they don't care for safety because they do, but like, they're like, I'm gonna just go walk up into this crowd. I don't care. You know, I want to be more close to my fans. Um, And other groups do that too. But like seeing them perform is so much fun. And I hope that we'll still get tours. And it's kind of one of those things too, when they tour, you know that they were going to tour every single year. Yeah, we ended up getting an, a comeback every year. You knew that, okay, big album out or big EP out tour. It's going to happen. You know, we knew it was going to come. So it's just like, it was one of those ritual things of seeing GOT7 almost every single year, if you could, that really I enjoyed because you know that they were always going to come back. Yes. And you brought up a point too. I wanted to talk about the fandom. I feel like at least compared to like my experience with EXO fans and BTS fans that the GOT7 fans are much more level-headed and not as like cutthroat. They're so sweet. I felt I love Agassiz so much. I always felt like I felt like chill, you know, in a group at a concert. Cause like at a BTS concert, somebody rammed into me and my friend and pretended not to know English to separate us and get closer to the stage. I never felt anybody doing that at a Got Seven concert. So I don't know. I just feel like the fans are more like 
chill. I don't know. I just, I vibe better with them. I will say my word to describe Agathe's is generous because like, I mean, you can see with these like latest photos that JB, Mark, and all of them are posting of all those flowers. Like Agathe's like really care. And I think that's, and that not only extends to the group members, but also to other fans. So like when I was in uh, when I was at the Soul concert, the amount of freebies I got from all the Agassiz, who were also, you know, Agassiz from around the world, um, was crazy. Like, I just had my canvas bag, and that was already filled to the brim of just, like, free things from Agassiz. And... I even got like two of their uh, two of their Japanese albums and present new miracle version, the pink one, for free without the photo cards. But like they, a girl literally pulls up with a suitcase, and I'm looking at her and like, what is she gonna pull out? She opens a suitcase and just starts like throwing out the new era and I want you like Japanese CDs like on a blanket in front of her. And I was like, oh, can I take this? And she was like, yeah, here. And like, I just want to say, I would say it's like. They show up and they show out, you know, they come out and they show up. Yes. Like, I feel like the amount of love that Agassiz have for GOT7 is so huge. And going off of um, what Roxy was saying, you know, there is a vibe to um, Agassiz. I had an experience where the last tour, you know, I totally get the whole fan experience of like, you love this group so much. Of course, you're going to cheer. You're going to shout. But also, like, it was kind of like, can you take it down just a notch because literally my ears are ringing and this person was, you know, cheering very loudly. I'm not going to, you know, knock her for that. But it was one of those high pitched screams, if you get what I mean, that it really makes your ear ring. And, you know, even though so I and I didn't want to say anything, but there was somebody who was kind enough to be like, hey, like, I appreciate it. I, you know, we get that you want to scream, but it really is starting to hurt. And she was really chill about it. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't mean to disrupt you. And, you know, being in your own world, that's fine. And I feel like you don't get that often with other concerts where they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll take it down a notch. You know, she was still screaming, but not doing that really ear piercing type. And if you were to go up to like any other group or fandom, not everybody's going to handle it like that. And I just feel like, you know, they're very kind to each other. And you hardly ever hear anything bad about Agassiz. You know, of course, there's going to be some bad apples here and there. But for the most part, this fandom is so nice. And they're so like they rally, like I said, they rally together when they they come out and they show out for GOT7. And I'm like, yes, here. Were you there, Roxy, when GOT7? When we did KCON, was GOT7 there? Yeah, yeah. Because I still have the sign that we were using. That's right. So, and just like even being at KCON, like you hear, if you're in the crowd and as soon as GOT7 gets on stage, like the the whole stadium just erupts. Everything does too, but there's a different air when GOT7's home. Like, you know, it's like their second home because Mark's home, you know? So it's just like, it's just so explosive and it's so nice to be in that kind of space and know that there, you know, there is a really nice fandom out there. Were you talking about KCON 2017? I think so. Yeah, that's when we, that's the only time I've been to LA, actually. I just want to say that's how I met you guys. 
real quick. That's how I really? got how I found out about the craze. Yeah. Did you I come up to your, our booth? I went to your booth and I was like, oh, what is this? And you guys were explaining. I was like, oh, cool. So I followed your Twitter and then I saw you guys were doing like a giveaway for NCT stickers or something like that. I had to find, I think now that I think about it, I think I had to find Connie in the crowd and she was holding up like your guys' sign or whatever. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, and then I think I saw her. I was at another booth and I saw her. I was like, oh, are you guys still doing that like giveaway thing? And she was like, yeah. And she's like, come over here. I was like, oh, okay. So I oh went over there and then I got... I, I'm literally on your guys' Twitter, like a picture, like a very old picture. You don't have to look at it. 2017 me, I don't really know her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I went up. I you guys, you guys were partnered with the booth next to you and you gave me a BTS shirt and then I think a hat, a pink hat. Oh my god! With the NCT stickers, yeah. The fanboy clothing dudes were giving shit away for free. Do you remember that? I have a ton yeah. Of stuff. <laughs> oh my god! I remember getting a shirt and a hat too. Man, like yeah. anybody who came with our to our booth that you know we were either interviewing or like had at the booth. Yeah, they were really ne- nice. Oh my god! So we technically we indirectly met Lauren, and we yeah. didn't yeah, even guys, know. That's how. It, yeah, that's how I know about you guys from KCON 2017. Yeah, just wanna drop that little information in there. Oh my god, that's I so crazy. Look- I probably have the photo retweeted on my old Sienna account, so I will find it and I'll show it. Please! Oh my god! Yeah, you guys get to see my really crusty hair, but that's okay. But yeah, going, but also, I totally agree. That was my, um, that concert, that was my first time ever seeing GOT7, and something switched to me. I was like, I was going feral. I don't know if that's the right word. But yeah, no, the vibe totally changed once GOT7 went on the stage. Granted, I loved all the groups that came before them. But when GOT7 came out, it was it was something else. I'm just still shook that it's like, we technically met Lauren. <laughs> it's like, because you you saw, like, Connie was there, Roxy was there, I was there. So technically, you saw all three of us. But we're just like, I, it's like so many people came through that to that booth that I'm just like, I don't remember. But anyways. Um, yeah, I'm searching I mean- it right now. <laughs> Just like if you have the opportunity to see GOT7 live, and I'm sure they're going to make it work. They're going to find some sort of way to make this tour work. If you have the opportunity to see GOT7 live, please go. It is so much fun. And just continue to support GOT7. Honestly, like now that, you know, they don't technically have one agency that they're with, you know, it's a little bit of a different dynamic, but please continue to support them. And I, I'm just glad GOT7 is flourishing even more. You get to see them more active with the things that they want to do. And I'm just excited for them. I really am. I think that, you know, when you come across a group that has that X factor, it's very obvious. And I don't know why, you know, in the beginning, there were so many people that were so against them and their fandom. Um, But I do think one of the most special things that GOT7 can do now that they are not with JYP is to continue their legacy despite that. So that's not necessarily something that we see very often. And I'm really excited to see the seven of them get together again after they've gone and done, you know, some of their solo work because they're all out doing something right now. But, you know, if they were to tour again, I think I would be, I would, my heart would be so warm to be able to see them together again. Any last yeah. thoughts on GOT7, Lauren? No, I was going to say, yeah, I'll do anything just to see them like in concert again. But yeah, I mean, I just love them, guys. That's it. I have no, like, I can't even describe. <laughs> I just really love them. <laughs> I guess uh, 
now that we've had our love fest, we can go ahead and wrap up. So does anybody have any last thoughts Mm, for me? Thank you, Lauren, for joining us on this episode. It is nice to always chat with craze members here on the podcast. So once again, thank you for joining us. And hopefully if you ever feel like joining us again on another other episode, let us know, you know. And I know for all the other listeners who are out there, it's been a while since we have uploaded a new episode. So if you're still here, if you made it this far, thank you for listening this far, you know, and for all your support. And we look forward to the next episode. That's it. Lauren, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, um, thank you for having me on here, guys. Like, I really appreciate it. Um, I'll definitely circle back, come back to another episode because this is really fun. You know, first time ever doing like any type of podcast thing. And so I'm glad I got to talk about Got7 for it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, if you are interested in picking up a copy of our Got7 mini-zine, a uh, new shipment is coming in. So there is currently a listing on our website. Um, it is $13 plus shipping. So if you are international uh, and want to get a group order started, please just contact us. We're totally open for that. And uh, we also have a digital option if you prefer to do that. So we got all of our bases covered, uh, but be sure to, to give it a look. Uh, I think that you will see that the team's passion for GOT7 really comes through in this mini zine. Also, if you're following us on social media, we're doing a giveaway for this mini zine. So keep your eyes peeled for that. So yeah, thanks guys. And as always, uh, keep up with all of our content on our website. We post daily. Uh, for comebacks and our columns and all of that. So uh, to keep up with the K-pop world, we got you covered. So this has been the Craze Cast, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.